Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. His brain, his face just went completely blank. I forgot my own name, but I'll tell you what it is. It's because I see something over there on your side of the table. I and I'm I'm hoping you're not going to sit here and smoke a Yellow Rose of Texas and make me watch the whole show. I I wouldn't do that. To you. There's some <laughs> things that are just too cruel for a man to normally do. You pulled that out of your bag when we sat down, and I've just been looking at it. You haven't said anything about it, and I wasn't going to mention it, but that that looks oddly like a Yellow Rose of Texas over there. Well, that one is for you, my oh, friend. Oh, you are a good good man. So I was at Casa de Monte Cristo Sunday. And they had four Yellow Rose of Texas sitting there. And this is in Tennessee. The Yellow Rose of Texas is only sold in Texas, just like Tennessee Waltz is only sold in Tennessee. That is exactly right. And they, he said, we was back-ordered on the Tennessee Waltz for so long, they sent us a couple of boxes of Yellow Rose to take, take its place. So let me tell you about this cigar a little bit. Uh, I... I don't really talk about it a whole lot on the show, mostly because I can't get it here. Because otherwise, uh, I would smoke it a lot more than I do. Uh, to this, to the point that every time I go to Texas, which I wish was a little more frequently, but I always pick up at least one box. I I hate to say it, but it's actually better than the Tennessee Waltz. So for all the wonderful things that I say about the Tennessee Waltz, the Yellow Rose is even more. Uh, now that being said, they're actually the same cigar. So they both are Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler made in the My Father factory. Uh, the Yellow Rose of Texas, as opposed to being a five and a half by fifty-six Toro, the Yellow Rose is actually a five and a qu- or a six and a quarter by fifty-four box press torpedo. And you know we've talked before about how certain cigars really lend themselves to being better in this size or this shape. And and I think that's what this is for this cigar. I think this is the shape and size that this blend was made for. And it's just, just phenomenal. Well, I will say, I've had the Waltz, and I like the Waltz, but it's not my favorite cigar. But I did smoke a Yellow Rose this weekend and really enjoyed it. It's definitely a cigar I would buy a box of. Yeah. And all. But speaking of shapes for this week... Ooh, a pyramid. Yes, Padron 1964 Anniversary Pyramid. That's tonight's smoke. And I love this shape in the 1964. Padron's always good no matter what. But this is one of my favorite shapes, and I hadn't had one of these in about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at a cigar in the humidor, and I'm like, okay. So this cigar I'm looking at is $12. The pyramid's 18 how can I let, you know, seven, eight bucks stand in between me and greatness? Right. And uh, what will I do with that seven or eight bucks that would be more important than upgrading my stogie? Right. Absolutely. Well, and I guess the last time was probably when you won almost a box of them in the Padron poker game about a year ago, right? Yeah. This It's funny because this is probably the least expensive, definitely the most cigar for the money of all the Padron 1964s. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's six and seven-eighths. It's seven inches long, and it's a 52 ring gauge. Of course, it tapers. It does. And that's one of those things that the cut makes a big difference on your cigar with a shape like that just because you are funneling the smoke, and, and the cigar itself is getting tighter and tighter as you smoke it down. So it definitely, you know, getting a good cut on it. And to, to Padron's credit, I mean, their quality control... And their consistency in their construction is so above everybody else that they can get away with that. Well, and just for the listeners out there, I cut this cigar three times just now because I had my scissors. And I started with just a little off the top because I didn't check the draw and the draw wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. Took just a touch more off, still wasn't third cut perfect. And I find with cigars like that, oftentimes you do have to cut a little bit more off of them just to open it up a little bit. I've I've been I've been noticing that a, a lot lately. Is I, I tend to just barely shave the top of the cap off. I, I don't cut very much at all. But lately, I've been running into more and more cigars where I have to give it a second shot just to just to open it up all the way. Well, and I would I would you know 
what's the old saying? You can always cut more off. You can't put it back on. Yeah. I did have some something kind of fun happen last week, though, as I was, I was having a cigar with an old friend of mine, and I, I made the mistake of leaving the house without a cutter and lighter, which I almost never do. And so we decided to go out for a cigar, and we just picked one up, and we were headed back to his house to smoke on the porch, and so we were going to use a little house cutter there, and I got to show him the trick of you set the cutter. It was one of those old plastic double guillotines. You set it flat on the counter and stick the end in and cut it just to... Sh- and it, it, was a, it was the first time in his memory that he had ever had that perfect cut, and it was, it was fun to be able to pass that little trick along. It's always fun to show off your cigar skills. Oh, yeah. And uh, when you can really show the little tricks and the little, you know, taking the scissors and just lifting the cap off and just the little lighting tips and things like that that make a world of difference, that's always just a fun part. It's worth mastering. It's worth having one really good cigar trick that you can do every time. It's like having that one bar bet that you know you'll always win. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, so... This week, we were supposed to go to the Louisiana Barn Smoker. Yeah, yeah I was hoping for a full a full rundown, but I, I understand that wasn't the case. Well, unfortunately, we had a family issue come up, and we weren't able to go. Mm. So we ended up missing that, and we got our family issue resolved, and it was too late to get down there. So I ended up doing a little deer hunting and going up to Cassidy Monte Cristo because I had that coupon. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I bought like a dozen cigars there for $2.30 after my coupon oh my gosh <laughs> but well i paid 25 the cute the groupon and here's yeah. a great thing look cute just type cigar in on groupon you'll be surprised what comes up because we paid 25 dollars for a 50 dollar credit and i spent both of those like i said a dozen cigars so i had 52 dollars and some change and over a dozen good high quality right. cigars you know four yellow rose of texas and I really love Southern Draw. I wish Austin would get them in the shop here. I've got to stay on him about Southern Draw. We're going to talk a little bit about Viaje during the cigar under $8. I'll save that for later. Um, But just picked up some really good smokes that I can't get here at my home shop up there. And that was a lot of fun. So what's your weekend cigars been like? My weekend cigars has been really good. Now, uh, last week, uh, since we, I, I think it was last week, um, Jack Taranio was in town uh, with Sean Hardiman, who's the general rep here in the area, and they did an event over at Reserva Cigars, which is right by my house, and I got to hang out with them a little bit and really had a good time. Um, the The new vault, did I feel like I may have talked about this last week. Was it two weeks ago that I did that? It probably was, because that's when we met, when Jack was in that's here. Right. Okay, so I may I may have talked about this on the show last week then, but um, but I smoked, so I guess I, I've smoked since uh, a couple more of the Vault series. I've got the purple, the blue, and the green under my belt at this point. And I got to tell you, for six bucks a stick, they are really, really good. You know, and that's the funny thing. <laughs> Pardon me coughed right into the microphone. Please, everybody, excuse that. That's the thing. The new La Auroras that I smoked two weeks ago, the Perfecto sets, they're 12 bucks each. And it's hard for me to choke down a four and a half, five inch cigar for 12 bucks. I'm just, something about it. I mean, they're wonderful flavored, but the size of them does not is not commensurate to the pricing. Right, and and I think that's one of those things that I I still have a hard time getting over is when I'm looking at at paying that much for a cigar, I'm looking at you know the length of my enjoyment as it pertains as to dollars spent. Well, and now we will clarify: it's not always a short smoke takes less time and a long smoke takes more time. The type of smoke can, you know, like the the Luchador Frog Splash. Right. It's not as um, it's not as long a smoke as something you would standardly smoke, but it's still an hour cigar. Right. But yeah, I, I wish La Aurora would knock about four dollars off of every one of those sticks, and then that would be a regular stick for me. But the 
was it the 420? Is that the or 404? Whatever. No. What is, well, no, the 404s are super reasonably priced. This is the ones that used to be in the well, tube, the Perfecto. That's what I was saying. Like, they have some stuff in their line that is very, very reasonable. And most of La Aurora's is. It just seems like this set of cigars, for some reason, they said, okay, let's maximize the profit margin here, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they decided to pull out. So, very... It, I hate to be cheap, but there is sometimes that, you know, if I'm if I'm within $5 of a Padron sometimes, I'm just going to pick up a Padron. And it makes me wonder, you know, maybe this is a little bit of conspiracy theory, but, you know, they've, they've already got this same cigar in this beautiful tube that's very ornate, and maybe they don't want to admit how much of their money goes into the marketing aspect of that, that other version, and... Yeah, you would think this comes in a cellophane wrapper as opposed to the tube. That this would be significantly less. But I wonder if maybe they just kind of hid that into the price of the cigar so that they don't undercut their the, the, the tubo. I don't think it'll serve them well in the long run because those cigars should be flying off the shelves in the humidor, but they're not. Um, the Charter Oak flies off the shelves in the humidor. Yeah, and it's... Because it's not always about the cheaper cigar, or the less expensive cigar, I should say. It's it's not always about that. It's about the quality you get for dollar spent. You know, like that Padron you're smoking, you know, at $18, quality of cigar for dollar spent is still way at the top of the list. Uh, you know, the Charter Oak is not as good a cigar as that Padron, but at $5.50, it's every every bit dollar for quality right up there with it well the padron is a luxury item you know it's it's the difference in driving a geo metro and a lamborghini mm. uh, they're both going to get you to work but right. one's going to have a you're going to have a lot more fun getting there exactly it's the same principle and all and there's times and it's that's one of the great things about cigars you can explore such a wide range of life with it because you can have the $4 cigar that you really enjoy. Or you can have the $20 cigar that you really, really enjoy. Right. And you yeah. can enjoy them both equally in their own environments. But I will say the company you keep while smoking a cigar is always far more important than the cigar. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I actually was having a conversation about just that. I was talking about some friends of mine uh, this weekend and the person I was talking to happened to recognize that, you know, every time you talk about someone interesting you've met, it's always been because of cigars. <laughs> and I started thinking about that. Like, I've got friends that are, you know, people that I would call friends that are former captains of industry, you know, CEOs, people that made their first million before they were 30. I know people that, uh, you know, famous athletes and all of whom I owe my knowing them and my friendship with them to cigars. Well, the cigar is always going to be the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. When you're in a cigar shop and you're holding a stick, you're, you know, your family, you're part of what's going on in there. You're part of the vibe of the shop. Right. And it's, there's one of my favorite parts of life is when there's four or five of us sitting around over in the corner we usually sit in. And somebody new just walks up and says, hey, can I sit down here? And right. We, it's universally, yeah, sure, please have a seat. What's your name? Shake hands, talk to people. Well, you know, friend of the show, Jimmy Labriola is one of those that just ran into him in here, you know, a number of years ago or about a year ago and, you know, just started just started talking and, and developed a friendship over, over cigars and, and it just sort of morphed and... You know, I think I think it is because it's just such a community and it's so welcoming. Well, it was several months ago I was telling the story about being in here and meeting a man that had changed my life and didn't even know it. Right. You know, he runs men's fraternity in Little Rock, Arkansas, or does the video for them. And we were sitting in here sharing a cigar. And he, I said, what do you do for a living? He said, well, I'm for a Bible study, a men's study. In Little Rock, Arkansas, I run the video and everything for that. I said, is it men's fraternity? And he said, yes, it changed my life. Yeah. And I, and we both left feeling great after that encounter. It was just really exciting. But that's, again, something if we had, if we had been in any other setting in the world, we could not have made that connection. Right. And anybody that in, in my adult life, anybody that I've ever called a best friend, I've either met or we've become friends over cigars. 
I mean, that has been that has been such a, a key part of my life for so long that it's just so much of my circle is, is surrounded by those people, and it's and a lot in a lot of cases it's people that are just chance encounters. I mean, you and I became friends over cigars just from playing, playing poker together, really. Yeah, without cigars, there's probably not a scenario in which our two lives would have intersected. And uh, we both lead very different lives. You know, you lead that, you know, amazing swinging bachelor life, <laughs> and I'm an old married guy. Right. So it, it kind of, it's amazing how our two lives are able to come together just because we both enjoy the same, the hobby, the cigar hobby. Well, let's talk about a, a story that I don't talk about, about very often, but two people whose lives never, ever would have intersected otherwise. I was in a, a bar in Atlanta a few years ago, um, back when that bar was still open, called Prohibition. It was a really cool speakeasy kind of bar. Um, you actually entered through an old English-style phone booth. Like, the whole back of the phone booth opened up, and you walked through. It was really, really cool. Ludacris walks in one day. And, you know, I'm not a huge, you know, rap fan, but I grew up in the early 2000s, so I clearly knew who he was and was a, kind of a fan of his, you know, from familiar with his music enough, and just walked over and handed him a cigar and got to sit down and chat with him for a little bit. And it's just like... What, how else in my life would I, would I have had, been able to have that experience? Right. Where would the interaction... And I guarantee you, even though rap artists have the reputation of being just jerks... Oh, nicest guy in the world. Yeah. He probably... he You you walked up with the ultimate olive branch. Hey, that's a, by the way, when we start our cigar company, Olive Branch, that's going to be one of our... <laughs> one of the staples of I our like line. I like that. The, uh, I'm going to offer you the olive branch. It'll have to be under $8. It has to be a shareable cigar. Oh, yes, definitely. It has to meet all the statistics. Nicaraguan, San Andreas rapper. Yeah, you know. exactly. Just the usual stuff. That is one of my fears opening a cigar company, but not to get sidetracked. But, yeah, the people you meet in here, you know, one of the people in here that I enjoy talking to tremendously, Jay Drescher. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's helping me find, you know, my grandfather's military records. He was a jet, former JAG lawyer. And my grandfather went to World War II. I didn't know he had three bronze stars until they dedicated a bridge to him in, Col- in oh, uh, wow. Collinwood. <laughs> and all because he never talked about it. It was, it was in the days before they diagnosed PTSD, and he came back with a lot of PTSD. Yeah, it was shell shock back in the day. Oh yeah, they actually they he never talked about it to his sons. I he told me stories that I've told his sons that they're like, I wish he had told me that. Mm-hmm. But I if, again, sitting having cigars, playing a few games of poker, and all with Jay. He's a lot of fun, and I've I thoroughly enjoyed. It. If you haven't got Glasby's Fortune yet and read it, please do. We need to have him back on the show now that I've had a chance to finish it. I think I read that book in about two and a half days. I flew through it. I could not put the thing down. It was so good. Oh, yeah, and the ending was amazing. Yeah, it was. I won't spoil it for the world, but the ending was amazing. Yeah, it really was. But just a great book, and, yeah, we'll have him back on in the next couple of weeks to talk to us about it. But, okay, so who is the most interesting, besides me, of course, person you've met in the cigar shop? Well, in, in terms of in cigar shop, uh, I mean, like I said, Ludacris is probably my, my most wild and out there story. Uh, but I, I became very good friends, again, in Atlanta with, uh, with a gentleman that um, was actually an Olympian. And I've, it, people that know me know that I'm obsessed with the Olympics. And ha- just always have been. I find, I find them fascinating. So the idea, you know, I... I at, at my age, the only way I could become an Olympian now is to become a, a really good trap and skeet shooter. And those guys are just too good that I'm no no way for me to catch up at this point. But uh, he was actually the captain of the men's U.S. handball team, which most people in this country don't even know what handball is. It's a it's a sport that's very very popular in Scandinavia. Um, but he actually, when in the '96 Olympics, when when they were in Atlanta. He was actually the captain of the team there, and he still I've, I still played golf with him a number of times, and and just became a really good friend of mine. But that that's probably the the wild. I mean, this guy is larger than life. He's probably six eight, you know, big old guy, like huge. But just you, seeing the two of us stand together is, is quite a sight. <laughs> well, it's interesting. One of my favorite comedians is Burt Kreischer. 
really love Burt Kreischer. Love he's he's such a storyteller. I, I was listening to an interview with him today, actually. And he's a cigar guy. Next time he comes to Nashville, I'm shooting him an email. I would love to have him. On I the would cigar love cast. to have the machine on the cigar cast. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm, I'd, he'd probably die when he found out I've never been drunk. But other than that, it's just a you know. But he's that, been he's been drunk enough for for the three of us. Yeah, I think he's covered it for me. I, yeah. don't, I don't think I, I need to. I think he's covered my share and your share and everybody else's share. But if you haven't looked in looked in on him in his sober October, where he went all October sober, it was really enlightening. Yeah, it was really that was actually part of the interview I was listening to was him talking about that. And, uh, it, yeah, it's if, if you're not familiar with Burt Kreischer, uh, go to YouTube and just Google The Machine. Or not Google, but search on YouTube for The Machine. It's about, it's one of his stand-up bits. It's about five minutes long. It's long, but, oh, my God, it's hilarious. Oh, and it's, it's just amazing. He's, just, he's a great storyteller, which, you know, I'm a storyteller by nature, so I really appreciate it. When somebody can sit down and just tell a really well-told, entertaining story. Absolutely. And also... So what is your... Who's the most interesting person you've met in a cigar shop to sit down? Well, to say a certain individual, it's hard. And all, I mean, famous people, you know, Jimmy's probably the most famous person I've met in the cigar shop in that he was on Home Improvement and things like that. But... The types of people you meet, you meet people that, you know, one of the guys that used to be a regular here at the shop and is no longer with us, um, you know, he was super wealthy. The guy was absolutely all the money he would ever need and was one of the least happy human beings I've ever met in my life. Really? It, it blows my mind. We were sitting playing poker one night and he had had several beers too many. And he said, I'm the wealthiest guy in this room and the most miserable. And I just thought, that's, that's an interesting um, commentary on life. Right. And all that at the end of the day, you know, sitting next to my wife playing poker is worth so much more than the $15, $20 million. Yeah, absolutely. Though I wouldn't mind having both. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't give up one for the other. Exactly. And all, but meeting people like that, meeting people come in here that are just good salt of the earth people that have worked all day and they come in here and pick up an inexpensive cigar and just get to sit and share time with us and talk with us. It's just the types of people, I guess, is more, more stick out in my head than the actual individuals. And I've had the opportunity to smoke. You'll, you'll find a lot of, uh, uh, athletes, retired athletes that smoke cigars a lot and, I've had the opportunity to sit down with a number um, of, of fairly famous athletes over the course of my smoking career, and it's it's always fun for me because I mean we live in Nashville where there, you see celebrities fairly regularly enough that no one ever really gets that um, you know starstruck kind of thing. But to to see people come in and just casually have a conversation with with probably the most famous person they're going to meet and just and just like they're anybody else. And I, I love that about the cigar shop atmosphere. Yeah, well, you know, we've spoke, we spoke before the show. We won't say who it was, but there was a former Tennessee Titan came in here for a couple of weeks in a row. Yeah. And we're not talking about a third-string back linebacker. We're talking about a starter during the Super Bowl days. Right. You know, we're talking about a big-time Tennessee Titan coming in here. And the guys got to sit and talk to him and have cigars with him, watch a little football with him, and things like that. And nicest guy in the world. Yeah, just just salt of the earth. And it's always interesting the amount of opinions in here. There's really, there's people that have, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Some people are vastly wrong and some people are vastly right. Mm -hmm. But some of the people I enjoy talking to the most are the people that just never agree with me on anything. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we just have a lot of philosophical differences as it pertains to all the issues in life, Trump, gun control, et cetera. Right. And, all, and I'm just, I'm, I can't say I'm a liberal or a conservative. I'm just pragmatic. And all, I'm, you know, I've said before, I'm in favor of legalizing marijuana, not because I think people should be able to smoke it, but because it's the best way to get rid of it. Right. I mean, you make it less profitable. And the budget surplus that it would create. But yeah, that's, just, a, that's a story for another time. That's a totally different show, but we're going to step away from this. When we get back, 
I, like I said, I got a great cigar under eight. We may hit that a little early because I have to take issue with one of your favorite movies. All right. I'm a little nervous, but we'll, we'll talk about that more when we come back after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. It's Shane Reeves sitting here smoking a Padron Pyramid 1964 Anniversary Edition. Sitting across from Trey, who seems to be in love. Huh? What? Huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love this cigar. It is so so good. It's it's. I believe you're correct. That's the shape that blend a cigar should be. And uh, he's smoking the Yellow Rose of Texas. And I, I, I wish I'd have known you were bringing me this tonight because I have my, my Americano sitting here. And the, the boldness of the coffee is, is actually they're playing very nicely today. But typically it's not something I would have done if, if I knew this was, I would, have, I would have come into this with a fresh palate. <laughs> I'll have to start prepping you when I'm going to be when I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll but don't smoke anything on the way down and don't bring coffee. <laughs> I can't tell you why, just trust me. <laughs> just trust me, you want to come on a clear palate. So, we've been talking about components of cigars lately. And we've been talking about we talked about the harrow, we talked about primings, we talked about stalk cuttings and all that. This week I want to take a few minutes to talk about the binder. The binder is the unsung hero of the cigar. Anyone who has had the wrapper just blow up and fall off of a cigar and you're still able to smoke it a little bit further before you have to get rid of it, you can thank the binder for that. So when you roll a cigar, you lay the binder down and then in a premium cigar, you put the long filler tobacco like we discussed last week inside that binder and that's actually where the blend happens Mm -hmm. and then as you roll the cigar and the binder holds it together and then the wrapper is put on the outside of the binder and in a lot of cases the binder leaf is very similar in terms of where it comes from on the plant to the wrapper it's just not as pretty usually just not as pretty and doesn't usually have as much flavor you really don't get binder flavor and uh, that's usually why when you hear us describe one of our cigars, we'll say Nicaraguan binder and filler. It would be real unusual to have a Connecticut binder and a Nicaraguan filler. Yeah, it would. So, but the binder is, it, it's the workhorse of the cigar assembly process. Mm-hmm. And good binder makes all the difference when you're putting a cigar together because there's no way you could just ask the wrapper to hold all that together. It's true. Especially for those of us, you know, we've talked about it. This Padron that I'm smoking has that really rough, rough-hewn, leathery-looking wrapper, whereas your Waltz has a little bit more smooth. Yeah, it, it does. But I, I'd say to its, I mean, the Connecticut Broadleaf just in general tends to have a little bit of that rougher kind of texture to it, more so than say a Connecticut or uh, you know. Some of your sun-grown wrappers that tend to be very, very, like, you know, sanded and polished like we talk about. Well, I had a My Father Opulence um, Friday. I've never had one of those. It's new. They just came out this year, and um, I was at a cigar store out of town, and they had had that one there. And I said, well, I'm going to pick one of those up to take home and smoke. It was good, but I got a couple of stems. Ah, and stems just ruin a cigar for me. I just I hate it when you're smoking one and you start feeling that stem on your tongue and you ask the question, okay, do I pull it out? Do I cut it off? What do you do when you run into a stem? I always cut it off. I have ruined too many cigars or further ruined too many cigars trying to pull one out and then you pull, you know, half of the and you just end up ripping the what's left of the cap and then the wrapper and it just it, I've never had a good experience trying to pull one out yeah one it's usually the stem hooked to one of the long filler pieces yep. which is tied into another and you basically end up stove piping your own cigar right if not just destroying it all together yeah and, and that was my only complaint I'm going to give it a second shot because yeah. cigars are a production process it is a human being making them so they are subject to some human error I hate to take and, you know, dismantle a whole cigar line just because I caught a, you know, a stem right. in one. Yeah. 
and all, but the flavor was what was very good until I got to that point. Not as peppery, a lot lighter than most of the other my father's cigars I have smoked. Did it just work itself out of the foot as you were smoking it? It did, and I'm bad too, especially if I straight cut one to take my finger and wipe across the bottom ever so often. I don't yeah. know why I do that, but that's just one of those cigar habits I have. And then if I start feeling a stem poke my finger, I'm like, eh, I got to do something with that. And it's like a, a burn on the roof of your mouth. You just keep fiddling with it and make it worse and worse and worse. But okay, I've got to take issue. All right, I'm ready. Court is in and session. I, the movie, The Princess Bride. You're wrong, but all right, let's go ahead. Here's my complaint about The Princess Bride. The end of the movie when they're getting ready to escape out the window and Andre the Giant shows up with the four horses. Mm-hmm. And Fezzik goes, or Inigo goes, you finally did something right. Finally did something right in my ass. He knocked out <laughs> a serpent and saved the princess, which in any other movie would have been ample to have got him to ride off into the sunset with her. He chose not to kill the hero when he clearly could have. He knocked the door down so that he could track down the six-fingered man. What do you mean you find... He toted this sangria-soaked Spaniard from the front of the movie to the end of the movie, and at the end, all he can say is, you finally did something wrong? I am offended on behalf of everybody that's ever watched that movie that that's what he chose to say at that moment. That is terrible writing. Defend it if you dare. <laughs> you know, I've never... Um, I, I'm always, always quick to come to the defense of one of the Reiners who wrote that movie. Um, but you bring up a very valid point. I've never thought about that. Well, it, it's like, the, you know, just because he's French, they automatically assumed that he was, he's a giant Frenchman. They assumed he was slow. He wasn't slow. He was on the ball the whole movie, right there. Fezzik was right on top. He was the brute squad. He did, now, he did wake a little too long to produce the doomsday cloak. He held, he held that. And he may have killed the albino. We don't know for sure. <laughs> okay. But I still contend that he toted that movie on his broad, gigantic shoulders and was never given the appropriate credit for it. <laughs> Holocaust cloak. Sorry, not doomsday cloak. Hol- Holocaust cloak. Yes. I, I knew what you, of yeah. what you were talking. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, without Andre the Giant, that movie does not come off without a hitch. Well, I mean, and he hauled them all the way up the cliffs of insanity. Exactly. So how is it? How is it? How does he get off saying you finally did something right? <laughs> I would have took. I would have. Andre should have threw his horse over his shoulder and walked off with it and <laughs> left him to jump out on his own. <laughs> Just saying. That was sorry. I had to had to vent that out of my system tonight. So, did you watch the movie recently? Is that I, it? Was on cable. Uh, it was on cable, and I called it. So, speaking of movies, though, I actually did something for the first time in two years this weekend. I went and saw a movie in the theater. What'd you go see? I went and saw um, LBJ. So, it's a biopic about Lyndon Baines Johnson. Oh, okay. And it was done by Rob Reiner. And Woody Harrelson plays uh, LBJ. And I know, so the look on your face is the exact look I had when I first heard that. You do know Thor Ragnarok was in theaters. I know, which is why our theater was empty. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> no, that theater would have been empty under any other condition it as well. It was really good. <laughs> now, so I'm, you know, when it comes to reading or, or just, you know, anything I bring in, I tend to, to be more of... TV, movies, books. I like nonfiction. I like documentaries. I like biographies. That's that's really what I like. And so I'll pick a, a biopic or a documentary over a Marvel film any day of the week. That's just my that's just my taste. I can enjoy those movies, but that's not if I'm going to drop down my thirty five dollars to go to a movie. It's not going to be to see Thor Ragnarok. It's just, it's just not. But so. One of the things in the beginning of the movie, and I wonder if you've ever heard about this. So there's a very famous uh, phone recording of LBJ when he was in the White House. And apparently uh, he, this, uh, this tailor out of Texas had just, after he became the president, just sent him a pair of pants. 
and just you know, I guess seeing him on TV, they thought you know they kind of figured it, what his sizes were, and they sent him to him. And so he gets these people on the phone, and he's sitting there talking. And he goes, "Y'all made me a, a pair of pants a while back, and and they were some of the nicest pants. They're real lightweight. You know, summer's coming up. I'm gonna need." about six pair of them, you know, light blue, light brown for summer wear. And what makes this so good, and this is an actual phone call. You can go on YouTube and look it up, just LBJ pants. And he talks about, now, now my weight fluctuates about, you know, 12, 15 pounds a a month. So I need you to leave about two inches in the waist to, so I can let them out and take them up. And he goes, and also, uh, you know, the, the there were bunch they were bunching on me a little bit. You know, I like a little bit of more room in 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 the pants. You know, they're kind of cutting me like I'm wearing a wire fence. So I'd like you to leave me an extra inch. You know, in the inseam, like from you know down where your nuts hang down around to my to to my bunghole. <laughs> this was an actual presidential quote, and my favorite part of the movie was that they put it in. <laughs> put it in verbatim <laughs> they put it in verbatim and if you've ever heard the the recording which i highly recommend because it's hilarious it woody harrelson's delivery in the movie was spot on and i thought he played the character very very well so if if that's the kind of thing that if, if those types of movies interest you i highly recommend it i enjoyed myself thoroughly I have a question. Did you go by yourself or did you have companionship during this movie? I had companionship. You're one heck of a salesman. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a real salesman. If you, if, if you talked her into all the movies in front of the billboard and you talked her into that one, that's, that's a sales job you should be proud of. <laughs> I don't think she enjoyed it as much as I did. And I actually think she thought you were joking until it actually the credits came Man, on. Man, you are salty tonight. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'm just saying, trying to sell somebody on a Woody Harrelson biopic. <laughs> that's gonna, or maybe she thought LBJ meant something else. <laughs> maybe there was something something else she had in mind. I just can't imagine how you talked her into this. Easy. She listens to the show. <laughs> I'm sure she's a, she's obviously a wonderful woman. She didn't smack you and leave you there at the theater. So obviously she's a wonderful, caring human being. But how did you? Never mind. I'm not going. I'm not going to cover that. Let's go from Trey's movie under eight dollars to the cigar under eight dollars tonight. Ah. In the theaters of all places. And the last time, so I don't go to the theater. I don't go see movies at theater. And the last, the last time I was at a theater was to see um, Force Awakens. So that would have been just about you know Thanksgiving ish two years ago. Last movie I seen in theaters, I went and seen the new Kingsman movie, and I did it. Everyone out there, take before we get into the cigar under eight dollars. Here's a little wisdom of Shane Zhu for everyone out there. This always scares me. (laughs) Take a few minutes one day and go see a movie by yourself. Don't take the girlfriend. Don't take the wife. Don't take them both, whatever you do. And just go enjoy a movie just for the sake of the movie. Get your own big bucket of popcorn. You don't have somebody else's greasy paw in there. And your own Coca-Cola. And if you really want to enjoy it, knock off work a little early. Slip out of work just a little bit early. And go see a movie by yourself. See, I used to do that. When I was in college, I had a fairly irregular schedule to most of my friends. So I would oftentimes go and grab a grab a matinee in the middle of my day. And I do enjoy seeing a movie by myself. There's nothing like taking some time just to be among your own company. You know, just enjoy who you are and enjoy yourself for a little while. And it, I really enjoyed it. I went and seen Kingsman 2. I got to... I didn't have to worry about laughing at all the goofy stuff. And when all the Easter eggs I caught, I didn't have anybody say, why was that funny? (laughs) I didn't have any of these things. So every now and then, take a little time just for yourself. My only complaint about doing that is that you can't smoke cigars or can't smoke in a theater anymore. Now, that would be great. If if they had a cigar room in the theaters where you could actually go sit down. That would be brilliant. um, Unfortunately, with concession stand prices, a... 
Padron 1964 like this $642. one. $642. Yeah, you, you wouldn't be able to. You'd have to mortgage the house in right. order to go in there and watch the movie. But just um, take a little time for yourself. So, well, but one of my... When, whenever I'm Lex Luthor rich, right? One of my plans is to start my own town. Buy up a couple hundred acres somewhere out in West Tennessee because you can still do that out there and just develop my own town and the entire town is going to be smoking friendly. The restaurants, the post office, the movie theater, the Walmart, the (laughs) the school, (laughs) yeah, everything in that town that isn't, that is going to be, is going to be smoker friendly. I'm all for, well, I do think there's a place for, okay, this weekend at Cigar Cinema. We're going to be showing Blazing Saddles. And everybody come in, and they each have their cigar, and they can sit there and watch. Kind of like kind of like the, what they do with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where everyone dresses up and comes make a big... Except for this, you have to come in tails. You have to be a gentleman about it. You know, black tie. It's make, a, a, make a big production of yeah, exactly. it. I'm, hey, I'm all about it. I would... I would do that every week. Show movies like Casablanca or Blazing Saddles or, you know, anything Mel Brooks is always on the... Well, we've got such a generation of young men out there that have never seen the classics that it would be nice. There's a lot of young men out there that have never enjoyed Ghostbusters. Austin Huff. Yeah, never enjoyed Ghostbusters. Yeah. Never just actually take everything you know about Ghostbusters that you've heard and all that and push it out of your head. And just watch the brilliance of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. Or like uh, another one is Animal House. Animal House is a movie that shouldn't have held up this long, but it is still a really good movie. There's some movies time is kind to and some movies that it's not. And also, back to cigars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot we had a show to do. So I picked up this week a Viaje Ghost Pepper. And it's a small cigar, and all it's four. As you and, would expect. Yeah, it's a four and seven eighths by fifty perfecto. All right. And has a pigtail on the end. Just a, and I always love when they put the pigtail on the front of the cigar, mm-hmm. and so it's much easier to light. You get that really narrow light at the beginning, and then it comes back to you. And it really serves a purpose. This by far was the strongest cigar I have ever smoked. Really. That's a, and that's a bold statement. I'm talking everything tasted like rubber for two days afterwards. Well, with a name like that, you would have to be. Oh, yeah. Lots of pepper, as you would expect. Lots of really true tobacco taste. Um, it was one, Very rarely do I smoke a short cigar and say, yes, that was plenty. That was plenty. That cigar in a 6x60, six there's no possible way I could remain conscious to the end of it. Wow. But if you haven't had the experience, you owe it to yourself to have the experience. And they've got the red aluminum wrapper around the... Now, don't confuse this with the jalapeno. um, Viaje makes a jalapeno also pepper, and it has a green wrapper. Go for the red, go for the ghost pepper, go for the gusto. (laughs) It's the most... It'll be the strongest cigar you ever smoked. Started out real peppery. Finished really leathery, really, as you say, the dirt it was grown in type yeah. flavor. Um, took me a little over an hour to smoke it because you don't puff this right. as often as you puff a normal cigar. But just an absolutely wonderful cigar. I can't wait to go pick up a couple of more at some point. Really? Something that strong and it wasn't just a novelty. You actually enjoyed it that much. Yeah, I was, I was shocked. I thought, okay, I'll get it and it may be, you know... May have, a, and it actually had a little bit of that habanero type burn to it, in that it was, um, you know, habanero pepper. I love because habanero has a little sweet and a little pepper, and it doesn't just burn you for the sake of burning you, right? But you know, you've got a hold of it. And this had a little bit of that flavor to it um, at under eight bucks, and you know, you may have to spend eight sixty. But pay the money, get the ghost pepper. It is a wonderful cigar. Lots of fun. Great cigar under eight this week. Did you say what the price point was? About eight dollars. Okay, so it's right on, right around that. Right on it. Um, you can get them. You can buy a box of them and get them down around seven dollars each. But retail. How long would that box last you? Oh yeah, it would. 
Well, and I would be interested to buy a box and age them. I wonder yeah. what happens with age. I wonder with age if they would mellow a little or if they would just get stronger. Yeah. It's hard. So is it mostly Lajero, I'm guessing? Yeah, mostly Lajero tobacco burns real slow. And I think that's why they have that reverse pigtail on it. So that when you first light it, the power, the flavor is not so overpowering. It kind of brings you into that yeah. bold flavor real slow. And just um, can't say enough good things about it. You know, that's something that I wish a lot more cigars would do. Uh, the Charter Oak and the A.J. Fernandez Enclave both have a, a shaggy foot. And so you light that extra wrapper leaf right on the end and it just it helps you get a very consistent even light from the very beginning and i really do appreciate that in the cigar yeah it's it's kind of like um what's the wine that you drink that kind of awakens your palate is it a sauvignon or something like that that you drink before a meal and it kind of awakens and cleanses the palate this kind of is that same principle yeah i'll give you that and it just super Super cigar. I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed my time spent with that particular cigar. So, enjoyed that. I enjoyed the My Father Opulence. Those are the new cigars. Um, Austin has assured me that my new Calibri Cutter will be in here Friday. I saw that they just shipped. Yeah, they have just shipped, and the Calibri Daytona Lighter Series has shipped. Oh, excellent. So, I'm interested to see what those look like. Is he bringing those in as well? Yeah, he's getting those in as well. I'm interested to see what some of this new gear from Calibri looks like. Uh, their stuff is so good looking. I mean, they do such a good job in the design of their products. And, and the quality has gone up. I mean, the quality never really, really fell off as bad as, as a lot of people's memories of the quality falling off, in my opinion. Um, just as someone who's used their products since, you know, for the last 13 years, and I kind of rode them out through that wave. But their quality is is so good right now. Well, I've got a big cigar weekend coming up. This weekend is deer camp. And uh, we're leaving Friday. We're going, when y'all are listening to this, I should be skinning a deer. That's my plan is to be skinning one. And we're going to camp out that night. And you just can't beat after a good camp meal, sitting around an open fire out in the middle of the woods listening to the coyotes and screech owls smoking a nice cigar i'm choosing my weapon very carefully for that night have you do you have it picked out yet or well right now the top runnings are the undercrown sungrown the yellow rose of texas and the southern draw kudzu okay those are my top three right now they're all running kind of neck and neck um probably going to save the sungrown for um for the next day and all that inaugural nights, probably they're going to be a kudzu or a yellow rose. So what are you going to smoke if you don't get a deer? Uh, Southern Grown. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) And uh, for me, deer hunting is not so much about killing the deer. It's just, you know, when I was out there this weekend and the wind was blowing and it was foggy and the leaves were falling so thick, it was just like sitting in a rain shower of leaves. Yeah. Um, It's great land. It's far out in the sticks i hunt down in wayne county on lumber company land that me and my uncle lease and it's just the middle of nowhere it's you don't hear traffic sounds when you're out there you may sit all morning and not hear a single car the only thing you hear is the squirrels behind you making you think there's a deer walking up on you (laughs) and things like that well, that's, I mean, the weather that we had this weekend was so perfect. I, mean, I went out and went for a bike ride, and just the being being outside in this, this time of year when the weather's nice and the leaves are changing and falling, and it's just, there's nothing better. Well, and hunting this, year, this time of year is so odd because I guarantee you from last week to this week, I'll sit in the same deer stand, and it'll look like two totally different areas. Yeah. Because the leaves, the leaves have fell. You know, yeah. we've this week we've had some good slow rains and windy days, and the leaves will have fell. It'll be just a different environment altogether, and we'll be me and some buddies are going to be camping out there. And plus, it's going to be a little bit colder, so it's going to just kind of change the change the whole atmosphere a little bit. Yeah, it'll change the whole feel of it. And I've got a great tent for it, and I've got the military sleep system sleeping bags. And uh, the great thing, the military sleep system, those of you out there, I know this has nothing to do with cigars, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, 
It's, it's never stopped us before. Yeah. It's a bivy cover for the sleeping bags. It's a summer bag that'll take you down to like 35 degrees. The intermediate bag takes you down to 5 degrees. And then the summer bag actually slips over the intermediate bag, and you're good for down to minus 15 degrees. Wow. So you can really control, because there's nothing worse than having a great sleeping bag, and you get all zipped up, and you wake up three hours later covered in sweat. Right. Well, you can't get out of the sleeping bag because it's cold outside, and you can't stay in because, you, you know, you feel like an enchilada. <laughs> so it's just really a, um, a different experience. Very cool. I can't but, wait to hear how it goes. Very excited about that. Wish I'd made it to the barn smoker, but life is what life is. There's always next year. Oh, yeah. All the pitchers look like they had a great time, and Drew Estates always puts on such a top-notch program at these barn smokers. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm going to definitely try to make it again next year. Yeah, I saw a lot of the pictures. Jonathan looked like he was in his element. Uh, everyone looked like it was a, like it was a real good time. It was a, I would have been interested to hear your take on the, the way they ferment the tobacco down there. Uh, that seemed like that was kind of the draw of, pardon the pun, of those cigars was, was that, that curing process that being different than anything they do anywhere else. Well, and there's so, you know, cigars are like everything else. They're getting really artisanal. And, I'll, and we're coming to the end of the show. I need to pass on a word of wisdom to our fellow men. I want to close this. Enough with the beards. I'm tired of the beard oil, beard salve. I think you should have to pass a certain amount of standards before you're allowed to wear a beard. And these guys that work in an office all day, every day, and have the full Duck Dynasty set up... (laughs) But, okay, my fellow men out there, you're fixing to ruin beards for all of us. Don't sculpt them. Don't spend all this time with artesian and oils in them. I don't want to walk by you and it smells like you've been through Bath and Body Works. <laughs> Let's take it easy with the beards, fellas. Just calm it down. <laughs> if anything, your beard should smell like a good cigar. There you go. Well, that's a nice little top tip. I guess I'm going to have to shave before you'll record with me next week. But until then, I hope all of you guys uh, are enjoying the show. And if you hear hear something that strikes your fancy and you want to drop us a line, you can always email us at info at thecigarcast.com. We're on facebook.com slash thecigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. The only other thing I do want everyone out there... I'm going to do a show on sleepers, on cigars that you walk by in the humidor. Facebook us, Instagram us, let us know what your sleepers are. I would love to know something I walk by in the humidor that would just blow my socks off. All right. Well, we'll talk about that on a future show. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.